freak you so bad, yeah. I wanna freak you so freaking bad, yeah. I wanna freak you so freaking bad, girl. I wanna freak you, all my friends do too. And all we wanna do is freak with you, baby, oh yeah. It's the Freak Nasty from the 90s. And we don't fuck, but we freak. And we don't fuck, but we freak. Hey, what's going on with you here? Your old pal uh, Joe here, checking in with you on a motherfucking Wednesday, my friends. What's going on with you? How'd you like my song up top? Was that good or was that good? Hey, sorry I missed you this past Monday, but guess what? I hope you're doing better than you ever thought you possibly could be doing. And if you're not, hey, that's old fucking K. But get it together, baby. We're about to go into a brand new month starting to... uh, uh, tomorrow. I'm checking in with you on a motherfucking Thursday. I'm sorry, friends. The 101st episode. I'm going to do episode 100 this Monday for you. You know, I uh, was just going to skip this week. I had some things come up this weekend, but some of you fine people reached out and were like, Joe, are you okay? Where the fuck are you? I'm here. I just said it was a little bit busy this weekend, but I want to give you a proper 100th episode, you know, but in the meantime, I'll give you, maybe we'll call this 99.5 instead of 101. Maybe we won't go out of order. We'll just do a little 0.5-er since it is halfway through the week. Listen, real quick, um, what the fuck is today? Today I'm recording this Wednesday night. Okay, holy shit, people. My week's all fucked up. Tonight, I will be at Sonny's Patio Pub and Refuge, Refuge, Refuge in uh, Nashville, Tennessee, doing a show there. And tomorrow, July 1st, come through Yazoo Brewing Company in Madison, Tennessee, if you're around. As far as I know, I'm closing that show out, doing some extra time, been working on some new material, people, some new jokes. Has it been going well? Absolutely not. The past couple weeks have just uh, devolved into me shouting at the audience, but for some reason I feel the need to shout at people at this point uh, in time, just because it seems as if everyone, everything is just falling apart. You know, we went through the whole COVID thing and everyone just pretended like nothing happened, and it's just getting on my nerves. So I've just been shouting at people to go, Wake the fuck up. Like, what are you guys doing? You know, but uh, anyway, that's nor here, though. There there are a couple new jokes that I have been working on that I like. So come through. Also going to be at Helium Comedy Club with Aaron Weber in Indianapolis, Indianapolis, Indiana, on the 8th and 9th of July. You won't hear the new jokes there. That's for goddamn sure, because Aaron's a square. He's a clean guy. He works clean comedy. So I get to, you know, go tell my more boring jokes that I don't care about. Uh, with him but I get a little bit extra money and he's a good guy he's a good friend a celebrity you know if a celebrity offers you an opportunity to go work with them you do it even though you know <laughs> even though you don't want to <laughs> and not that I don't love Aaron I just fucking hate doing fucking clean comedy and, you know it's just a nuisance for me to try and work clean I can do it I have the material for it right but as you guys can tell, as you loyal listeners know of the podcast, I swear a lot. I've got the mouth of a sailor uh, who also has a smaller sailor living inside his mouth. 
I swear a lot. And it's not, I don't mean to do it. It's just how I think and it's just how I talk. And last time I did shows with Aaron, first show went great. The second night, uh, I was teasing one of the audience members and he kind of got, it looked like his face, you know, he got butt hurt or whatever it is. And uh, I wanted to let him know I was just messing around and I was just teasing him. But uh, I said, hey, I'm just fucking with you. And I didn't mean to do that. But Aaron didn't have a problem with it. But it was in my head the rest of the set. I couldn't think about anything other than the fact that the one rule my buddy has is like, please just don't swear. And I broke that rule within maybe 45 seconds of that set. But anyway, we're not here to talk about comedy. I'm here to check in with you fine people. What have you been up to? How's your weekend been? How's your week? What's going on? You staying busy? You staying productive? You staying positive? You know, are good things happening? Are you opening yourself up to the potential for good things to happen? Are you putting out good things into the universe so then good things will ultimately come back to you? And if it doesn't, we're all going to die. So it's okay. You know, it's all about the intention anyway. The first hard mushroom trip I ever took, the first heroic dose, uh, the, the mushroom showed up, took me away from this planet, and told me to live in intention. It is a lesson that I have not forgotten, but do not always follow. But uh, the general idea behind the lesson was like, hey, if your intentions are good going into something, the outcome is irrelevant because what matters is what you're putting into it. You know what I mean? I think we're so focused on what we get out of everything that, uh, you know, we forget that it's about putting it in. It's not about what you get out of everything. There's a quote about something um, like the greatest men plant seeds of trees that they know they will never feel the shade of. And I think we're completely imbalanced with that right now where everybody wants everybody wants the shade all the time and no one wants to plant any trees at all. So I hope you're putting good intentions into your life and whatever it is you're doing and understand that you may not reap the benefits of your intentions but hopefully somebody that you love and care about does. And there's a good chance they won't. <laughs> there's also a good chance that they won't, that you'll, you know, spend all your time building, working hard, uh, whatever it is. Maybe you're a farmer. Maybe you're out there building a farm, trying to build the best farm you can, you know, and every day's hell but you just keep working away because you know one day your family's going to get the farm and everything's going to pay out for them. And then Monsanto comes in or Bill Gates comes in. And after he's done fucking children on the island, he decides to buy up your farmland for whatever reason he's doing. You know what I mean? But the point is the effort. The effort you're putting into it, that's all that really matters. I'm sorry I missed you on Monday, my friends. I know, I know I'm trying some, you know, this happens some weeks where I just don't, I don't get around to it. I wasn't even at home this weekend. I was dog sitting this weekend for a, for a nice lady and the dog is very nice. So it was all just, just good times hanging out with a dog all weekend. I didn't do anything at all on Sunday. I finally watched, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen it yet, but my buddy let me, he didn't know. We didn't steal. <laughs> I was going to say my buddy let me use his HBO Max password, 
but I don't know if putting that out on the internet is a way to get somebody in trouble for sharing, you know what I mean? But uh, he let me borrow his HBO Max password, and I finally got to watch that George Carlin documentary that's on HBO, which is basically just his autobiography, but uh, it's nothing I didn't know, you know? There was a point in time in my life where I was a bit of a George Scar- uh, George Carlin, George Carlin scholar. I read all of his books. I read his autobiography. I watched every possible interview I could find with him. That dude really changed a lot about uh, just how I think in in life and everything, man. That dude had such an influence on me just wanting to do comedy. And uh, that documentary is great. I don't know what it's called, but it's just a fucking George Carlin documentary. But that dude was, uh, was fascinating how he was involved in the world of stand-up but still able to stay on the outside of it you know what i mean he was in a, ever a, like a hollywood guy or like these fucking you know you know everybody that does comedy now is like some f- they're all trying to get something else out of it you know what i mean or use it for something anyway everyone carlin didn't give a fuck he'd say what he thought and he didn't give a shit and he didn't spend enough time around people to worry about them destroying him for saying something they didn't like. You know what I mean? But uh, great documentary. It really fucking, it hit home. I haven't watched George Carlin in a minute. It's been quite some time, and it was just like, I watched that fucking thing. There's two episodes of it. Each episode is two hours long. You guys know I don't watch much TV. I watched that fucking thing three times. I watched it twice on Sunday, and then, once on Monday as well. And I knew all the information in it. I know most of it's, I can recite some of his bits word for word. And there aren't many comics I can do that with, but his bits were like songs. You know what I mean? When that dude was doing comedy, he was singing, there was a rhythm to it. So it's almost like you're remembering the lyrics of a song with his bits, I think more than necessarily the words to a joke. But, uh, yeah, man, it just, it brought, it reminded me of why I kind of started to do comedy. And I think, I always had it in me that I th- I could, I thought I could be funny, but when I started watching Carlin, and this was before I started doing comedy, it was like, oh, not only do I think I can be funny, but I also think I have something to say to the world, you know? So watching that is like watching the Carlin documentary has been a reminder that uh, maybe I do have something to say to the world, whether it be through comedy or not. You know, maybe I'm not a guy to plunge philosophy into my jokes. You know, if my stand up is more just jokey and kind of stupid or whatever, maybe that's what maybe that's what this podcast is for. But to uh, Stay true to my, and I'm just thinking, like, I've been stuck in this rut for the past two weeks of like, dude, you got to switch up your comedy and you got to speak, you know, tell the people what you really think. And that's kind of where I've just been shouting at the audience the past couple of weeks. <laughs> it's been fun. But maybe I don't have to do that. Maybe I can keep comedy what it is and, and keep doing the podcast and get my ideas out here. A George Carlin podcast would have been great. But anyway, it's just putting some things into perspective for me as far as comedy life everything but it's a great fucking documentary watch it man george carlin was 
just a fascinating individual, a mentally tough human being, a fucking wordsmith, man. The dude was a poet, but with jokes is it's absolutely incredible. I'm still reflecting on it. You know, even though I knew all the shit, I knew everything that was in that documentary, you know, I knew when he broke his nose, what special he shot after he broke his nose. My favorite special just happens to be his favorite, too, that he ever did. 1992, jamming in New York. I was in Washington, D.C., had uh, just gotten some good weed for the first time. Had never had weed that was a different color than brown. You know, coming from Flint, we had brick weed. Once in a while, you'd get a fat nug that would come through. But it'd be like one person had one nug. So they'd be like, dude, don't hit the bowl too hard. You know, you're burning the hairs. You, everyone gets one hair on the bowl. So... I remember it, in D.C., it, the, the weed was like orange or some shit like that, but watching Killing Them Softly from Dave Chappelle and then watching Jamming in New York from George Carlin and like just blown away. It was, when did I move to D.C.? It would have been 2009. If George Carlin had shot that special in 2009, it would have been completely relevant, but he shot it, you know, 17 years earlier. And uh, still my favorite special to this day. I don't think there's a better comedy special that's ever been done than jamming in New York. And uh, once I got more into Carlin, it come come to find out that was a revolutionary stand-up special for him and changed uh, changed how he viewed himself as a person. Rather than viewing himself as a comic, he started to view himself as a writer who performs his own material, which I think uh, opened up some avenues, you know, because if you're a comic, you got to tell jokes. But if you're a writer that performs, I guess you can have uh, the freedom to inject more philosophy and ideas. But anyway, check out the special. So it was a good weekend overall. That's why I wasn't recording a podcast, which I usually do on Sundays. I was watching eight hours of George Carlin and then watched his stand-up specials after I watched the documentary back-to-back. You know, I just, I never met that dude Never will. Obviously, he's dead. But there is a part of me that has a great appreciation and love for George Carlin. And uh, he he did a lot. He made me feel like the way I thought was okay. You know, to enjoy destruction and madness and, you know, to be frustrated with the the wasted gifts that human beings have been given. So it made me feel not alone. That's all. Check it out if you get a chance, you know. Uh, well, we're doing like 15. We'll keep going. What the fuck else are we doing? People, listen. You know, Joe, Joe's, a, Joe's a weed-smoking fella. I think you guys know that. You know, I like to toke on the old devil's lettuce here and there. I uh, I got some Delta 8. This is what happened. Is uh, I got a half ounce last week. Half ounce of marijuana. And I smoked it all in five days. <laughs> <laughs> which you know i'm not bragging or anything like that but that's not that's not typical for me usually it's like a gram a gram and a half a day so a half ounce that's 14 i'm doing some drug math for y'all that'll last me about two weeks all right is that no what am i talking about 14 an ounce right okay a quarter of an ounce is seven so a half ounce is 14. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so 28's an ounce. <laughs> so yeah, 
if I get an ounce, that'll last a month. If I usually, if I get a half, that'll last me like two weeks, like a gram a day. But dude, I don't know what the fuck, what mood I was in, but I was just fucking burning down weed after weed, spliff after spliff last week, dude. So then rather than re-up within five days, because I don't want to feel like a junkie, even though it's fucking weed, like who cares? I was like, and also just to give myself a break from it, I was like, let me get some Delta 8. I know it's not as potent as regular weed, but it's legal. And, you know, I can get whatever they gave me. They gave me like nine grams for 30 bucks, which it was supposed to be three and a half for 30. But the lady was like, I don't like these buds. So here's a big bag. And then here's two other samples. I'm like, cool. That's great. Because I know it's not as potent, but I figured maybe this is, you know, I just smoke this a little bit and then go back to getting the regular weed here like next week or a week and a half or something like that once i get the bills paid you know (laughs) that's really what it is right it's the end of the month and i don't want to be i gotta see where the finances are you know i send out these i fucking all freelance dude i do everything i i you know i don't get weekly checks like most people i get paid by the month by the work that i do anyway i'm like this delta eight shit this will be great I'm smoking it, and it's like, man, nothing's happening. What the fuck is going on? Like, nothing. I'm like, well, I did, I did smoke a half ounce of weed in five days, so maybe the Delta 8 just isn't doing it for me. And uh, come to find out, this Delta 8 shit is under 0.3% THC. Like, what's the, what's the fucking point of this stuff? It, I'm not relaxed, as you can see. As you can hear in my voice, it's certainly not soothe. It's not calming me down. You know, my knees still hurt. It's not helping my joints or anything like that. What the fuck is the point of this stuff that you can't get high off of? And don't like what's dude? I thought that was a loophole in the system. I really thought like Delta Eight was like thirty-seven percent THC for some reason. I thought they were growing CBD buds and then just spraying them with some chemicals that got you high. That's honestly what I thought Delta 8 was. And it might be, but uh, it ain't doing shit for me. I'm pissed. I'm heated. Fucking, I got duped. I got duped. I wonder what the highest percentage of THC Delta 8 can have. Listen, people, I don't like to type in front of you. I don't want to be clicking and clacking on my keyboard. I don't like that sound in my ears. I try not to do it to you. So I'm going to type gently. But I would like to... uh, Highest percentage of THC and Delta 8. Okay, this one says 41.65. This other one says 26. So how the fuck... This is... Less than 0.3. Did I just get, did I just fuck up and I just didn't pay attention to what I was buying? All these are under 0.3. Maybe you can't sell uh, over 0.3 in Nashville. I should have done, I should have just bought weed. I should have just bought weed. What am I doing? I'm very disappointed in myself now. I was mad about the Delta 8, but now I'm just disappointed in, disappointed in your old pal Joe. That ain't good. Anyway, I got one more thing that I'd like to talk about, and then I'll let you get on your way, people. You know? No animal video clip of the week. We do that shit on Monday, all right? I ain't fucking around. 
I'm not breaking the cycle, you know? 99 episode 99.5 will not have an animal video clip of the week. I won't do it. Did you see they're going to stop making pennies next year? The last round of pennies is going to be printed, I think, sometime or minted in maybe April of next year, I want to say it is. Um, I don't know how you feel about it. I've never, I've, I've always been a fan of pennies. I like them, you know, especially a new penny. It's got that nice copper shininess to it. I've always liked pennies, but this, to, they're too expensive to make. That's the problem with them is they cost more to make than they are worth. But why don't you just make them worth more? You know, why you got to stop making them? Why don't we just have, you know, why don't the penny just be worth three cents now or something like that? I don't understand why you got rid of them, but I think why they're getting rid of them is to eventually, to slowly but surely get rid of the idea of cash in general. Because it is meaningless. It is more expensive to make than it is to... uh, I don't know that it's worth, I guess, especially with the penny. And I assume, I assume the dime, the nickel and the quarter and everything else will be on their way out too. Cause how much longer before it costs six cents to make a nickel or 11 cents to make a dime, you know? But, uh, I think it's, I think they're slowly going to, I mean, it already is happening. Cash is like non-existent pretty much anymore. You know, there's so many gas stations that you go to that say, Hey, we don't have cash we don't have change so if you don't pay with correct change we can't give you shit back so is this all just part of the fact that you know the money is fake that it's it's not real and there's never been you know there's not nine trillion dollars in circulation anyway is that part of the problem what is the end game i feel it is concerning a bit that the penny is going away but no one else seems to give a shit I haven't talked to many people about it, but I, you know, I'll, I'll take a small thing and go, what does this mean for the long haul? And I don't think it's good. You know, everyone's too worried about fucking machine gun Kelly or whoever to fucking go, Hey, they're taking away the penny. And it seems like that seems like a big deal. And I don't, maybe, maybe it isn't. Maybe everything will be fine. Maybe. What do you guys think? Do you think the penny going away is a sign of things to come? Does that is that part of the consolidation of world finances into a single monetary system? Is that where we're heading? I believe it is. It seems like it. But uh not having pennies, I'm going to miss the penny. I'll say that. I'm going to miss you penny. You've always been there for me except that one time when I was at McDonald's and like had to have been fourth grade, we were on a field trip and uh, I ordered a, a chicken sandwich combo and I only had a $5 bill and it came out to 501, you know, but uh, luckily the cashier said, Hey, this kid's poor. You're okay. You don't have to give us the penny, you know? That's the only time you haven't been there for me, Penny. Other than that, you've been there. You've always been there for me, making things right, making me not have to break big bills, you know? Anyway, that seems troublesome. That's all. Hey, thanks for checking out the podcast this week, everybody. I'm sorry it was a little bit late, but I had shit to do. That's all. Not really. I wasted a whole day Sunday, but, you know, it is what it is. Anyway, thanks for checking it out, everybody. 
I appreciate your time. Again, I got a show tonight. Where did the calendar go? At Sonny's Patio Pub and Refuge here in Nashville, Tennessee. Yazoo Brewing Company tomorrow, Friday, July 1st. Closing that one out also in Nashville. And then I'll be at uh, Helium Comedy Club with my good friend Aaron Weber July 8th and 9th. And uh, we're doing some other shows in August too. Or excuse me, November. But that's long time from now. Long time from now. JoeKellyComedy.com has all the upcoming dates, my friend. Listen, thank you for checking out the podcast. I hope your week's going well. I hope good things are happening to you. And I hope you're making good things happen for other people. All right? Do me a favor. All right? Don't be bullshitting me. Do me a fucking favor, will you? Take care of yourself and take care of somebody else. And I'll catch you around real soon. Later.